It's our Clash of Champions 2020 review show on the Double Turn Podcast, which starts right now. gentlemen it was a gold rush that was clash of champions tagline the 2020 version and that is the pay-per-view we are going over on tonight's double turn wrestling podcast show in which well we'll get into it i'm gonna try and enjoy this show because i did not enjoy the pay-per-view I'm sure the J-Man loved it, and we'll probably put it in his top five in 2020, given the, uh, given the phone calls we've had. That being said, uh, this is the Double Turn Podcast. If this is your first time joining us, we very much appreciate you checking us out. If, you've, if you listen to every single one of our episodes, we love you too. And if you're somewhere in between, we love you guys as well. We, we love all of you guys. And so we want each and every one of you to check us out every week on one of our many platforms. Again, it's the Double Turn It's under podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, CastBox, and the Anchor app. Our Instagram page is the Double Turn Podcast. Jorge, slaying the game over there, posting up good content. We have comments, questions, topic ideas, feedback, anything at all. We'd love you guys to come check us out there. Again, it's the Double Turn Podcast. You can also check us out on our private pages, the one and only J-Man 19, Ross the Real Boss 85, Boss Ross TDT on Twitter. When I get a chance to uh, live tweet pay-per-views, this pay-per-view I did announce ahead of time I was not watching live, so I didn't live tweet it. I, I, I got zero planes, and that's okay, because I am not a, a Twitter aficionado, and I accept that, but I have it as an option when I do choose to do it. To be fair, you're not a social media aficionado at all. No, and that's okay because I do I do my social media for my for my regular job, so I do that. But this is, I mean, okay, I know what you're gonna say because it's gonna feel like I'm lessening this project. This is a side project. This is a project that we both decided to get into because we both like talking about wrestling. So, in a sense, that's what I have you for. I have you to do social media propping up because I'm delegating work. There you go. Plus, you enjoy doing it. So, I might as well just let you enjoy it, prop up the show, and we both have fun. <laughs> All right, Tim. I, that's fine. That's cool. Okay. That's fine. No, I mean, no, no, you're right. You're right. I is that wrong? Not at all. Not okay. at all. Okay. So, of course, this, uh, this fine show took place at the Amway Center in Orlando, Florida. That is the uh, home base of WWE. I have to announce that every time because I am waiting for the day that this company and AEW and Impact Wrestling and every other thing will not have an event in one location. I'm still and looking forward to, to that day. Yes, still looking forward to that day. Of course, I have a feeling when they do start touring, there'll still be no fans. That's another topic for another day. To me, day. That would be, I, f- I feel like that would be completely a waste of time because if you're not going to have any fans, don't go touring. Well, like, they, they could just 
they could just move the Thunderdome every week. Yeah, I, I get that, but I'm just going to tell you right now, I think that would be the biggest waste of time. You'd be unnecessarily traveling for no to no benefit. At least there's a benefit of touring for when there's things. There's no benefit of touring if you're not going to do it in front of anybody. Well, I mean, if you're just going to do it in indoor arenas, yes, I agree. Yeah. So, that being said, this show, look, I did not have high expectations of this show. Um, I'm the guy that, well, let's put it this way. I had a very enlightening phone conversation with Jorge this week in which I don't want to say I had a reality check, but I had a moment of clarity, which is I need to stop letting this product upset me. I need to accept the fact that their vision of their product and my vision of the product are different. And that's fine. They are not cohesive, right? One of us decides to just do whatever they want and play it off as logic. And the other one of us bases most of their life on logic with a dash of emotion. You figure out which is which. Let's just, let's just put it that way. So I had zero expectations going into this baby, which is normally a good omen for this type of pay-per-view because for instance, I can tell you right now, I thought stomping grounds was going to be a horrendous pay-per-view. It ended up being one of my favorite pay-per-views of that year. So I guess I was hoping that something good would come out of this show. Now, uh, before we deep dive into this, because they did not make it clear until either day of right before the pay-per-view or within 24 hours. And I say within 24 hours because it could have been Saturday night, which is not day of. That's why I mentioned 24 hours. Uh, three people that were supposed to wrestle on this show did not wrestle. That would be Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, and Nikki Cross. So the women's tag team title match was called off. And the SmackDown Women's Championship had to be changed. So that being said... They did what they had to do with the short notice of not having three people on the card. I will give them credit. It, 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 it might not have been the best decision, but they had to make a decision. Now, if they did a very typical WWE thing and knew 72 hours beforehand and then just hot-shotted some BS 24 hours beforehand, which, by the way, I could totally see them doing because they've done it before, or I don't know completely advertised a pay-per-view where someone was injured and they knew that they were going to have surgery and still promoted the match. Talking, I'm talking about the uh, triple threat between Rock, Triple H, and Stone Cold where they knew Stone Cold was hurt. That was the infamous night where Big Show won the WWF title, which I was on board with. Yes. The Big Show. I believe back then he had a shirt called uh, The Big Nasty. It was kind of funny, actually. Actually, not gonna lie. Little nineteen ninety nine. Hey, hey! It was a fun year for wrestling. That was a great you. year for wrestling. 
I'm sure. I'm sure you look back on it fondly because uh, you were you were a huge fan of 1999 wrestling instead of uh, you know the 2003 that you seem to love. I don't know. I like 2003 and 1999. 1999 was fire. Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Rock headlined WrestleMania 15. Dog, it's fire. I'm making fun of you because you're more of the ruthless aggression guy, whereas I'm more of the attitude guy. That's fine. It's okay. It's all okay. good. They're both great years for us. Uh, they are. And by the way, They're both have better their years than falls. Yeah. I, 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 I've never said the Attitude Era was or had no flaws. I've never said that. So um, I just tended to like it more when the WWF had actual competition. Hey, like they do right now. But that's for another topic for another show. So uh, three people did not wrestle on the show. They had to make a change. That's what they did. I feel like I'm rambling. I'm sorry. I'm trying okay. to stay in a positive mental attitude for this show because Jessica. part of me just wants to be on mute and let you talk about the positive things on the show because I feel like I'm in the minority thinking this show absolutely was terrible. No, I mean, I can understand your gripes. I mean, I have some gripes to this program as well. Let me be very clear on that. I don't have as many gripes as you do, but there are some couple, a few things that I watched uh, today I watched it today instead of Sunday that I was just like, mm, I wouldn't have done that. Um, to be clear, uh, I don't know the reason why Nikki Cross is not clear. And I don't know what the reason why Shayna and Nia are not clear. But I do know, I believe that they announced that this upcoming Monday on Raw, um, that uh, the Riot Squad will actually get their title match against Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler on Monday Night Raw. Um, so to be actually completely be completely fair it was a total of five people who didn't get a chance to wrestle but yes three of them were not clear just as Ross stated it was Shayna, Naya and Nikki who were not cleared and obviously so they really couldn't do anything with the riot squad um that night so no they, but and that is and that is a good point of clarity I did not mention the other team that were supposed to wrestle in the women's tag team title match I only mentioned the three because the three were not medically cleared, so it's I not like exactly they're just going to put meant. the Riot Squad in a match. For a no random reason. match, right, exactly. Although, um, I'm pretty sure I would have preferred the Riot Squad wrestling anybody on the pre-show and putting the pre-show match on the main card. That I would have preferred. I'm okay but with that. that. But I'm also okay with, if you don't have something for, for somebody else, then just take them off the card and give more time to everybody else. That's exactly. fine too. So, because if they, had they which, done that, Ross, we would we probably would have seen the Riot Squad versus Natalia and Lana for like the fourth time in the last month and a half, and it would have been like, oh my god, why am I seeing this yet again? Because you know for a fact that's what that's what they would have done. Or uh, what's the? Uh, I'm interested to see if it's if it's going to be more than a one night thing of Dana Brooke and Andy Rose. You know, I'm interested in that too. Um, I want. I'm very careful. I'm very. Um, I'm very curious, excuse me, about what they're going to do with those with those two because they're both really good. The mm -hmm. one thing that I would say, and not that we're going to harp on this too long because we've got to talk about a pay-per-view, but I, I, I think that there's similarities, not in the fact that they're both blonde, but legitimately, I would say that Mandy Sachs, uh, Mandy Sachs, that's her Instagram name, Mandy Rose and Dana Brooks' wrestling styles are both very similar. They are of the more muscular type. And they're also a very similar size. I guess it. I mean, I guess it would work if they're both a very similar style. You could go ahead and make them more of a just a stronger type team where they could have really good matches against high flyers in the women's division and stuff like that. I just like the differentiation between, for example, Mandy Rose and Sonya, where Sonya was more of the um, 
you know, aggressive style, you know, flat out mixed martial arts style to Mandy Rose's, you know, bodybuilder, but getting really good as a wrestler, you know, there was a really good dynamic between the two. Whereas you look at Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke, there's a lot of similarities, but that could work. That still could work. I mean, we've I seen have, some mission I've, specialists be tag team together, so it could work. I have an awesome tag team name for them, by the way. Go ahead, hit me. The Blonde Bombshells. I like that. I, I, I mean, I think it's simple. Watch, watch, it's effective. Watch. They love that idea, and watch. They'll they'll make Dana Brooke dye her hair like brown or something stupidly and ruin my idea. I don't know. Anyway. Well, remember, Becky Lynch had to dye her hair orange for a long time because she couldn't be a redhead because of Eva Marie. Hey, somebody else I haven't missed. That being said, <laughs> this show... Wait, wait, hold on. Eva or <laughs> Becky or both? <laughs> uh, I I was talking about Becky Lynch, but... um, Oops. Oops. um, <laughs> um Eva Marie is doing very well with herself in... Very much so. so. Let let it be clear. I am not here to trash Eva Marie. She is she is a very smart, savvy businesswoman. As is um, Danielle Monet, aka Summer Rae. They have done very well yes. for themselves outside of WWE. So good for them. I have no quarrel against them. And Indeed. I do miss Becky Lynch. I'm but sure I, you I'm do. Fine with, I'm fine with her taking a break. She really needed it. Uh, I'm I'm sure you do. There were there were other people on this show that I'm glad were not on this pay per view, and I'm glad I don't have to talk about. That being said, the show did start with the pre-show match of the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Title Match: the champions Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura defending against the Lucha House Party, which are basically still going under Freebird rules. They've got three competitors and. Two people can wrestle. I did preface that I would have loved to have seen Lince Dorado and Grand Metalik. So initially, I was quite disappointed when Kalisto wrestled with Lince Dorado and Grand Metalik was not there. However, I will be fair. This was a pretty good pre-show tag team title match, and I will even go as far as to say... This is probably one of Kalisto's best matches on the main roster in a long time. And it was a 10-minute and 45-second tag team match on a pre-show of a pay-per-view I did not like. Now, that may have to do with the fact that I actually thought Blue House Party and Cesaro and Nakamura actually worked pretty fluidly together. It might have been that I'm such a Cesaro mark that pretty much anything he does, I'm probably going to like, unless it really is a total trash match. It may also have to do with the fact, it may also have to do with the fact that my bar for Kalisto is so low that anything involving him that is, you know, not a train wreck, maybe I just like more. This is also the same guy that beat Braun Strowman in a dumpster match. So true. true. But let me, let me, let me allow you to look at the bright side on this and let me defend you for a second because yeah, it may be that your um, Kalisto bar might be a little bit low, but you and I are both big on Lince Dorado and obviously Grand Metalik, but Lince Dorado, we both like. So you got to remember, okay, Kalisto, yeah, he had a good showing, but then also you add in the fact that Linsa Dorado had a good showing, and then Linsa Dorado and Cesaro and Shinsuke have all had really strong chemistry over the last three or four weeks that they've been wrestling on SmackDown. That helps. 
a lot. So I, I think it's a maybe a mixture of potentially having that low bar for Kalisto, but then you still have a really high bar for Shinsuke and for Cesaro, and you have a relatively medium-sized bar for Elite Dorado. So I don't think is basically what I'm trying to say is I don't think you need to go ahead and set your expectations that low and having liked this match, Ross. That's that's just me. So again, I thought that again. Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura are not small men, okay? Um, Lince Dorado got got the hell kicked out of him in this match. Um, they were telling the story that, you know, again, I'm very simple. I enjoy tag team wrestling because when it's done right, it can tell very simple stories, and you can have quality 10 or 11-minute matches tell a good story that's simple, and I will probably like it. Perhaps I'm too much of a purist is not the right word. Perhaps I snob, just, and I mean that in a good way, but a snob for it because I, I know I can be sometimes. Well, no, I guess I guess what I'll say is I will enjoy I will enjoy average tag team wrestling, whereas average singles matches I can go without, especially if the work of the four people in char- or in the match helps me enjoy it more. So, for all I know, on most accounts, most people might have thought this was an average match, and that's no, fine. I'm here to um, tell you right now, if I were to go – now, I know that I use Bleacher Report as my go-to all the time and whatnot, but they're the ones that I trust most out of everybody. I don't always trust ESPN or CBS Sports when it comes to wrestling. So, uh, But they really Bleacher Report gave the, tag, the opening tag team match on the pre-show a B, which I think that that's perfectly fine. I think that's perfectly um, adequate. Yes, I will say I will say for me it's probably on the precipice of being a B plus match. Fair. But but I will say if you're making me round down, then I'll say it's a high B match for me. Okay. Um, again, again, I'm not saying anything was spectacular. I'm not saying go out of your way to watch this match, but given what I was going to watch for the rest of this show, uh, this is this is one of the better matches on the show for me. It just okay. is. Um, again, I already laid out my case for the fact that tag team wrestling, I tend to prefer. Uh, when it's done well, simple stories are normally the best. And Kalisto fit in totally perfectly with the other three guys. And the right team won. Because you don't need to take the belts off of Cesaro and Nakamura. They're totally fine. Uh, I've said this before. The tag team division just needs an overhaul. They need to switch up some things. And leaving Cesaro and Nakamura on top on the SmackDown brand is a good way to do that. So I enjoyed this. It was a good start to the pay-per-view for me. Um, I'll I'll, I'll also agree with that. Um, And I will say that, you know, not only is the fact that Cesaro and, and uh, Shinsuke need to stay on top. They're proving the reason why they need to stay on top right now. Like, their their chemistry has grown so much in the last four and a – well, I mean, I shouldn't even say four and a half months. That's a discredit to them. Um, I should say because they've been really teaming since, what, January, Ross, is when they started kind of teaming together with Sammy. Because Sammy started to go ahead and be Shinsuke's manager out of, like, late last year, and then Cesaro got brought in. So they've been teaming for a while, and people don't really realize that because Sami Zayn was the forefront of that group. But, I mean, it shouldn't come to you as a surprise that Cesaro is basically making everything around him work. And then you add in the fact that Shinsuke Nakamura is no scrub. 
He's not a scrub. He never has been a scrub. There was a reason why he got brought in with so much major hype from Japan. Um, I agree. The tag team division kind of needs an overhaul on both shows. Hell, actually throw in NXT into the mix because I really I, they need an overhaul too. Um, but I agree. I, I will say, and, and we'll talk about it when we get there, I, I didn't think the Raw tag team title match was worse than this. Uh, I actually have good things to say about that other tag team match, even though I wasn't a fan of who won. But let's talk about this triple threat ladder match that I know you're dying to just crap all over. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Now, Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, I bring to you the Rastafarian himself, the boss. For those of you, for those of you that missed last week's show, I lost my mind. I uh, I launched against Sami Zayn last week, and uh, well, let's put it this way: I haven't changed my mind, but I have calmed down considerably. Um, I'm going to be in the vast minority when I say. I hated this match. I hated it. Um, now, Jorge is going to bring up some very good points, which I will let him make as to some of the things I did not like. So I will just very quickly say the things I did not like about this match. First of all, I actually thought the three guys involved were not clicking. And I say that because... And, and, and I've said this before, when you have a guy as talented as AJ Styles is, normally in a one-on-one -on -one match, he just takes the lead because he's the better wrestler. In fact, there are very few guys on that roster that I would say AJ Styles should be deferring to when leading a match. Yeah, I'm going to probably agree with you on that. Because even in a match against Daniel Bryan, I would still have AJ lead because Daniel Bryan is the more susceptible injury case and Bryan's going to want to do things that are going to put him in physical danger. And I feel like AJ would still, not that Daniel Bryan's totally reckless, but I think AJ would go out of his way to protect him while still making him look like a million bucks. You know, I agree with you because I don't think Rollins would be able to pull that off. And no disrespect to Seth Rollins, but Rollins would not be able to do what AJ Styles could do in the ring with Daniel Bryan. So You're right, 100%. I bring that up because Jeff Hardy has always been reckless. He's always kind of been a train wreck in the ring. I won't go into his personal life because that's totally separate from the match. Um, his style is literally live for the moment. It's literally, I'm going to take risks because that's my character. So now, in the format of a triple threat match that ended up being a ladder match, it worked. It's fine. And then you throw in the X factor of Sami Zayn, who I wouldn't call a ring technician. I wouldn't call super athletic. I would say that in a certain style of match, he will be fine. Now, 
I understand that I have seen matches with Sami Zayn with multiple people in it that have actually not been bad. I think it also has to do with the people he's in the ring with. So I don't know if Jeff Hardy made this match weird for me or Sami Zayn made this match weird for me or quite frankly, AJ just might have been kind of just there. And what I mean by that is AJ is so... Okay, remember, AJ came from the guy in Impact Wrestling where literally his entire gimmick was, I'm AJ Styles, I'm going to do really... Basically, he was a a more technically gifted version of Jeff Hardy in Impact. He couldn't really cut a promo. Everybody loved him. He didn't really have a gimmick, and he was seen as a top guy. I know that's probably a very overly simplistic view of it, but if you go back in the early days of TNA, that was AJ Styles before he just became the man. Right, before he went to ROH and New Japan. Correct. I agree. Uh, Yes, and even in the latter stages of TNA slash Impact, he was starting to go down that road. So I say all of that because – A triple threat ladder match is tough. It's tough. Like, I wasn't an overly huge fan of that triple threat ladder match at WrestleMania. Now, I understand it was supposed to be a three tag team, six person ladder match, and they did the best they could with the three people involved with it. But there's always that, well, the ladder's in play, so let's just do multiple spots with the ladder. And it's no disqualification, so let's just try and do crazy stuff. So, I hated the finish. I hated how the finish was set up. I hated the handcuffs. Now, I understand that Sammy winning is supposed to piss me off. I understand that. And guess what? That's the reaction they got from me. I was pissed off, and I almost turned off the pay-per-view. Because... They did the finish that I knew they were going to do, and I was hoping they weren't going to do. Because what they're saying is, oh, yeah, so Sammy was our champion. He left for medical reasons, so now he's back, so we're just going to give the belt back to him because he's a heel, and we have to get heat on all of our heels because that's the only thing WWE knows how to do is book heat for their heels. Literally, that's all they know how to do. So by their logic, this match makes sense. However, in and throughout this match, I thought it was a bit clumsy. I thought their styles didn't mesh. And to me, this was just, all right, we got to get through this. Somehow, some way, Sammy's going to win the match. Logic be damned. So I'm calm. I'm fine. I hated this match. I totally understand everything that you have to say. I didn't hate this match in any way, shape, or form. I'm also not going to lie to you and tell you that I completely loved it because I thought that there were some aspects of this match that, to me, were not the best, that there was a couple of botches. And I'm going to get to what you and I talked about over the phone that I really did not necessarily enjoy about this match. But I'll get to the positives. Um, 
I did for the most part think that they all three clicked. I can understand why you would think they didn't. I'm going to tell you this right now. I don't think Jeff Hardy was the weak link in this match. And that's the first time I've said that Jeff Hardy hasn't been the weak link of something in the last eight or nine months. And I'm not trying to trash Jeff Hardy, but I have gone on record on this podcast that I'm getting sick and tired of them pushing him after he keeps doing dumb stuff outside of his personal life. But I'm not going to diss him for his personal life tonight. I'm not going to do that. I thought, Jeff, I thought Jeff Hardy had a perfectly fine performance in this, in this match. I thought AJ did his best to try and carry the both of them. Uh, and when I say both of them, I mean, I mean himself. Uh, I mean Hardy and Sammy. And I think, to me, Sammy, I wasn't a huge fan of how Sammy was in this match. And no, I'm not talking about like, oh, he's a heel and I didn't want him there. I just didn't. I feel like it wasn't clicking. And by the way, I'm here to tell you right now, if you're meaning to tell me that you're a ladder specialist because you've been in a Money in the Bank ladder match and you know how to push over a ladder, that's what makes you a Money in the Bank specialist. That is the dumbest thing Michael Cole and Corey Graves have ever said on commentary. That was, that was idiotic. It was idiotic, and I have to get that out there right now. I was watching the opening promos, and everybody, and three of them were coming out, and they are like, they were showing clips of uh, AJ in a ladder match and a Money in the Bank match. They they showed uh, Hardy doing a swanton on to Cesaro and Sheamus at WrestleMania 33. And then they went ahead and showed Sammy doing something at a different Money in the Bank show. And all it was was, besides Jeff, it was just AJ and Sammy just pushing a ladder over. Oh my gosh, they're brilliant. Like that hasn't been done for the last 33 years. That pissed me off. But overall, I thought this match was pretty good. Um, I thought it was stupid how AJ tossed the ladder and then it hit Sammy and Sammy fell off and then he pretended to hurt his hand. Or not pretended, but he was like making it seem, oh, I hurt my hand. And then the camera angle from above the ladder clearly shows that the, nothing happened to Sammy. Nothing at all. And I'm like, if you guys saw that the kid, that the ladder didn't hit him, it's a really bad idea to show that angle where it completely shows the botch. And then they showed the botch five separate times consecutively. And I was like, you would have realized that by the first time you showed it, stop showing that because it doesn't show that he hurt himself at all. And then the commentators still were forced to go ahead and show it down our throats that Sami Zayn got hit in the hand with the ladder. Nothing happened. That was dumb, and I was very irritated at that moment in time. But I moved on. Um, I think that what really I didn't appreciate about this match, and by the way, overall, it was good. Was it the best ladder match I've seen this year? Absolutely not. Was it a ladder match that I'm going to remember in the next five or ten years? Probably not. Was it good for this show? Yeah, it was, it was cool. It was good. Um, I'll tell you this right now. I'll never get tired of seeing Jeff Hardy hit a swanton bomb off the top of the ladder, though. Uh, it just never ceases to amaze me that he does that 20 feet in the air. It's amazing. It's nuts. And this is where it made me mad because Jeff Hardy probably hit the best swanton I've ever seen him hit in 20 years. Legitimately. I'm not exaggerating when I say this. It was one of the best ones I've ever seen. It was better than the one that he hit at WrestleMania 2000 on Bubba. It was better than the one that he hit at WrestleMania X7. It was better than the one at WrestleMania 33 because he completely missed Sheamus. Uh, it, it's, it's, the, it's the best one I've ever seen. 
with the, maybe the exception of the one they had on CM Punk at SummerSlam in 09. It was flush. It folded Sammy in half. It completely snapped that ladder. Sami Zayn had no reason to be alive for the remaining six or seven minutes of that match. I picked Sami Zayn, mind you, and I didn't mind him winning. But I mind him winning when he takes a swanton off the top of a ladder and is completely folded up and has no reason to be a part of the finish of that match, let alone still be cohesive enough to remember to go ahead and put a handcuff on AJ and get him snapped on the ladder and then Jeff Hardy to, uh, getting hand, his ear handcuffed into the ladder. Or ear cuffed, if you will, right? Sami Zayn shouldn't have been cohesive enough to be able to do that. And to me, that was illogical booking. Like, to me, the way that you do it, if you want Sami Zayn to be really the one that's outsmarting everyone, then he moves at the very last second when Hardy's coming down on that swanton and then have Hardy get knocked out of the match because it still makes Hardy look good because he was crazy enough to try it and then Sami just got lucky to move out of the way, right? But no, they chose to have Sami take a swanton and then some ungodly way be able to not only beat Hardy but then beat AJ too and outsmart AJ. That, that makes zero sense to me. So, first of all, I said I hated the handcuff spot. They have done the Jeff Hardy ear spot. They've now officially done it to death. Yeah, well, I mean, they did it last year in the Hell in a Cell match with Randy Orton when he took yep. the screwdriver. Right, yep. I remember that. So, now, I understand people liking it. Like, if you're, if you're going to put a target on yourself, I get it. Um, this... Okay. I'm not faulting anybody who likes the match. Okay? It's your opinion. However, had I liked the match up until the end, this would have been a perfect example of four-star meal, crap for dessert. Because to me, the, the finish was completely... It just sucked. And again... If the reaction is I'm supposed to be pissed off that Sami Zayn's the champion, then they then they got the reaction they wanted. Um, so I don't know where they go from here. Um, I mean, I would assume that he's just going to go back to hanging out with Cesaro and Nakamura again, if and they're they all going to have titles the again. If they let yep. him back in the group, yep. I would I would presume that they would just do that. Because I don't see Cesaro and Nakamura turning babyface, and I don't see Sami Zayn turning babyface. And if the story is that he left for medical reasons, which is the truth, um, I don't see why they wouldn't just put that group back together. So, um, another thing I will say that to me bothered me is that this was the longest match on the show. Oh, this match went entirely too long. This match went way too – this match went 26 and some odd minutes, and I was like, what? Yes. This match had no reason to go 26. Like, if this would have gone 20, I would have been perfectly fine with that. But 26 was way too goddamn long. Uh, yes. So, I just – I don't know. I. This had, this had a lot of – it had a lot of ups, and then, but the downs of it were really – they were quite downing. They, they, they really were because, again, to me – okay, 
And I brought this up to you over the phone and I'll bring it up to the listeners that are listening to us right now. I want you to do me a favor and watch yourself the really, really good TLC match between Jeff Hardy and CM Punk in the 09 edition of SummerSlam. That match is basically the reason why it ends is because Jeff goes for a swan tom off the top of a 20-foot ladder and puts Punk through an announce table. Okay, who's taking the brunt of that? Punk, not Hardy, but Punk. Yet, Jeff Hardy is the one that ended up, quote-unquote, taking too much of the brunt of that, and he couldn't make it into the ring, and Punk ended up doing so, and then retrieves the World Heavyweight Championship. That makes zero sense to me. In the same way that Sami Zayn, deep into the match, I could understand if I could understand if if Sami took a swanton five minutes into a twenty six minute match and was out of it for ten minutes and was able to somehow recover and then was giving ladder shots to everybody, I might let that pass. I might. But you're meaning to tell me that in a twenty six minute match, this happens like eighteen minutes in nineteen. He takes a, a flush swan tom off the top of a ladder through a table, through a ladder, through another ladder, excuse me. And then he still has the wherewithal to be able to go ahead and get up and not beat just one, but two men and outsmart them by handcuffing one to his ear to the ladder and then outsmarting the best wrestler in the world. You mean to tell me that I'm supposed to believe that? No, no. I'm going to tell you GTFO every single day. Well, I, I just, again, um, not a fan of the Sami Zayn. Now, I will say this. If, because we are officially going to have a draft, I'm not yeah. going to say I totally 100% called that because it was just that time of year and I didn't say specific dates. But yep. it is coming up here, uh, I believe it's a week from tomorrow. It will Correct. be the first half of that draft because uh, SmackDown will get first, which is very odd that SmackDown is going to have first crack at the draft. I've been, It's been... So many years, the Raw has been seen as the first show to get everything, and I don't know what type of format they're going to do. And because in years past, it's been like for every two picks, SmackDown gets Raw gets three because they're a three-hour show, and I don't know where NXT is going to come in. And I don't know. So we may have to speculate on that and have some type of reaction once the draft is over. Whatever show is that week, we may have to spend a little bit of time on the draft. Just I, preview for that now. Uh, we may have to do that. Just an FYI for uh, the show and, of course, the audience. So well, I just actually, make it, sure do I, that, I'm so. cool with that because I think the week after, the, the week that we're back after after the draft, that's supposed to be the show that we have Matt from Wrestling With Respect on. So we'll be able to also go ahead and get some of his thoughts along with that. So it'll be a nice discussion go. for us to kind of open the show with before we move into our web, women's wrestling special for that show in a couple weeks' time. Excellent. I like that. So I bring that up because it makes more sense that AJ doesn't win the title if he's moving back to Raw, which, which I have my thoughts about that, but I don't want to get into it. So if he's not staying on SmackDown and that's the direction you want to go, Sammy just yeah. getting the belt back, then this makes all the sense in the world. So I, I hear that. Um, I hear that. So again, I hated it. Jorge liked it. I moved on with my life. Yeah, I, I liked um, it, but again, let me be very clear. I, I, I'm still going to be critical of the things that needed fixing in this match because this match in no way, shape, or form was at all perfect. At all. I have to stress that. The Raw Women's Championship was next in the second shortest match on the card. And yes, Asuka was involved in the two shortest matches on this pay-per-view. 
I don't need to get into the narrative on that because, uh, well, these, well, they were two different matches, but sure. uh, the, the Raw Women's Championship match was against Zelina Vega. Now, I know the internet is buzzing about how much they thought Zelina Vega had a good match against Asuka. I will remind everybody that it's Asuka, and yes, I know she has not had great matches with everybody. So, it does take two to tango. I will say that Zelina played her part adequately. I am not blown away by this performance. Uh, I don't think she should be getting another Raw Women's title shot. And I really don't need to see her wrestle that often. That's me. But I've also seen her wrestle more often. And I really don't know how much better she's got. Okay. Has she improved in the last seven years? Yes, she has. I'll give you that. She has. But in the grand scheme of things, this is the state of the women's division right now. When you have this title, I get it. It's Clash of Champions. It's not WrestleMania. I understand that. But this is what happens when your two top players in your division are both gone at the same time. It's what happens when your number three is relegated to the tag team division. And it's what happens when, and again, I've said this ad nauseum. This company does not build stars because this company made the conscious decision a long time ago that there, that there are very few stars in this company. The star is WWE. Now, there are people that have surpassed that. There are people that are stars. I'm pretty sure my I'm sure I'm pretty sure my count on the men's side is still seven people that I consider main eventers. So when it comes to the women's division right now, they have three. They have three that are left that are main event singles competitors that are not apparently, you know, injured all to hell and they have no trust in her wrestling singles matches for titles. Alexa Bliss. I won't even get into that right now. They have three. They have Sasha Banks, they have Bailey, and they have Asuka. That's it. And two of them are in a storyline against each other. So, again, I understand that people were excited that the Zelina Vega match didn't suck. Okay, that's really low bar that it didn't suck. I'm not going to say it was a great match. It was seven, it, it was, it was seven minutes and like 40-something seconds. Oscar won. I moved on. That's that's the state of the division. That's not a good thing. This pay-per-view was off to a horrifying start for me. But go ahead. I mean, I get your point. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I understand what you're trying to say. I just wish that you'd give a little bit of credit to Selena Vega. Just a little bit. Because you, you talk about, like, has she improved over the last seven years? Well, yeah, of course. I would hope somebody would improve over the last seven years. But I think that what people are missing, what people may be missing out of you saying, oh, well, she was in the ring with Oscar. I, I would hope that it wouldn't suck, is yes, one, and you and I talked about this over the phone a couple of nights ago. 
it's not easy to have a match with Asuka. It's just not. She's, she is a head and shoulders above almost every single women, woman competitor in the, on the planet. You know? There's only really one person to me that is just above her. And guess what? Any day of the week, that could change. And I'm talking about Charlotte Flair. It, you know, it's Asuka and Charlotte and Charlotte and Asuka every single time. However, because of Asuka's wrestling style, it is not the easiest thing in the world to be able to go ahead and have a cohesive good match with her, especially when you are a person like Zelina Vega who does not, who does not wrestle every single day. I'll give you a perfect example, Ross. You've got Liv Morgan and Mandy Rose who were green, green as all could be. And I think that this is a fair comparison, so just hear me out for a moment, okay? They were green as all could be when they first got called up in November of 18 to go to the Riot Squad and um, – always forget about their name with Paige. Dang it. Um, uh, help me out, Ross. What was the name of the group? Sorry, I was on mute there. Absolution. Absolution. Thank you. Um, when those two groups came to Monday Night Raw and SmackDown, respectively, you knew who the green people of that group were. It was Liv, and it was Mandy on the other side. And yes, Sarah, Sarah Logan was pretty green too, but not anywhere near as green as what Liv Morgan was. Fast forward a year and actually two, nearly two years later, how much better have Liv and Mandy both gotten throughout this entire time frame? Leaps and bounds, especially Mandy. M- Mandy's on a whole different level now. But, but Liv, I've, I've said this before to you, Ross, and I've said this to the people that are listening to the podcast. I've been, a big, I've been on the Liv Morgan bandwagon for quite a long time. I've been on the Riot Squad bandwagon for quite a long time. So I know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about this. They have improved leaps and bounds. And the main reason why they have been able to do that is because they were wrestling night in and night out every Friday or Thursday or Tuesday or Monday, whenever the heck it was, and Sundays on pay-per-views, where Zelina was not wrestling. Zelina was wrestling like once every four or five months. And then it was maybe spurts here that she was in there tagging with Andrade and whatnot. That was it. So for me to be able to go ahead and see Zelina in her first real bit of action without anybody else except for her opponent and actually show what she showed off against Asuka, I think that has to be commended. It's not a match of the year contender. It's not Asuka's best match by a long shot. But I think that her that Zelina's wrestling style is suitable to what Asuka does, first of all. Second of all, Asuka's style is suitable to what Zelina does. And that really helped Zelina look better. This is also one of the few times that we're ever going to see Asuka be the bigger opponent in the match, which I thought was really, really interesting and a very great dynamic for her to be able to show off her power game and then also show off her freaking speed because it is unbelievable how quick Asuka is. Like the way that she, the way that that match ended in where Zelina had Asuka in the roll-up and then Asuka powered out and was able to go ahead and push her forward and then get her into the Asuka lock. Dude, I'm sorry. That was awesome. And yes, that's on Asuka, not necessarily on Zelina. But I, and of course, you, you can't be like, oh, well, I got to give credit for, to Zelina because she's so damn small. No. But her style was really suited for this match. And I think that she's improved also leaps and bounds. And if they allow her to wrestle more often, if they allow her to wrestle more often uh, against different styles, I think we can see even more improvement out of Zelina. To me, I'm here to tell you this was 
a really good thing for Zelina, Zelina Vega. Would I have made it a Raw Women's title match? No, but then who are you going to put her in the ring with for people to be able to see Zelina isn't as bad as you think she is, especially when you put her against somebody who knows what they're doing in the ring? Because that's the other thing. You can't go ahead and criticize and say somebody sucks, but then you're putting them in the ring against somebody else who also sucks. You know, the whole point of professional wrestling at times needs to go ahead and be for the thing, for somebody's good things to be highlighted, right? Sure. And I think Oscar really helped highlight the good things about Zelina Vega in this match. I, I just think in this case, you are just the eternal optimist, and that's why I love you. But I, I again, this is I hear you. look, look, look to me, and not just to me. Oscar's um, tremendous, and the the hand that she's been dealt for the better part of three years is just. It's wow. just disturb. It's 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 just disturbing. I agree. And I'm sorry. I'm still, I'm still not happy about how she initially won the title. It was just given to her. Oh, from when she got the Raw Women's title from Becky in May. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Because again, I would have much rather have seen Shayna beat Becky at WrestleMania, and right. then Oscar beat Shayna. And then that's your feud for 2020 is Asuka and Shayna. I totally but understand they, that. But, but they decided not to go that route. And because they decided not to go that route, I'm stuck watching Zelina Vega wrestle for a title. True. I, I just, I just, but again, it's here nor there. It is what it is. Okay. Yeah. It's just, it just, it is. Now I may be an apologist for the next match and I don't care. Bobby Lashley versus Apollo Crews for the United States Championship. This match only went eight minutes. Um, I have said for a long time that Bobby Lashley is severely underrated. And I think he's severely underutilized. Um, I am so happy that they put him with MVP. Because every time he and MVP have been together, he's been made to look like the guy he needs to be made to look like. Hey, he's the CEO of the Hurt Business, baby. I love that. I love it. Uh, I do love their new theme. Uh, I, I played it for uh, some listeners of the show and for you. It's nothing over the top. It's simple. I like it. Um, the Hurt Business, I, I'm, I'm willing, trust me, out of all the groups in WWE right now, I'm not saying they're the best, they're far from the worst, and they've got potential. That's all I want to see, okay? So, I'm not saying it's going to go anywhere. I'm not saying they've got the, all these great plans. I'm not going to give it that much, you know, promise and prosperity. But for now, for what it's doing, it's fine. So, I read, I read a review somewhere and i will agree with it and i'm not reading it word for word this was an inoffensive match what i mean by that is this did i at any point think apollo cruz was going to beat him no they have told that story bobby lashley has his number and that's the direction they're going however if the idea is for apollo to get some offense bobby to struggle for a little bit and then Bobby put on his move and beat him. Then this match accomplished exactly what it needed to accomplish. It didn't overstay its welcome. Could it have gone a few minutes longer? Yes. Did it need to go much more than that? No, because it only went eight minutes. 
So would I have given it 10 minutes and told a slightly longer story? Sure. But, you know, this match could have also happened on Raw, and it probably would have been just fine. Um, You have to build Bobby Lashley, and you have to do it gradually. Because if you shove Bobby Lashley down people's throats, they will reject it. Because they've rejected every other time they've tried to do it. Except for one instance, which I reference every time I mention Bobby Lashley, which is Impact. When they actually slowly, gradually built him up as the monster, it worked. So, if the plan is for Bobby to just slowly but surely gain momentum, pile up wins, you know, put some shine on the U.S. title. They already put a new plate on it. You know, it looks a little more streamlined. It looks a little less cartoonish. Now, I'm not saying the American flag is cartoonish. What I'm saying is, out of all the belts they have, it was, oh, that one is bright colors, whereas all the rest of uh, Look, it was different, but it just felt a little out of place. So I know what I'm saying is, oh, now it looks like every other title. I don't know. I think the United States title needed a little extra shine on it. And so it fits the gimmick. It fits everything else. This was a nice way to further the story. I was not offended by the match. It wasn't a great match, but the right guy won with his finish. Everybody moves on. The Hurt Business stays strong. I'll tell you this right now. The first thing, I want to go ahead and just comment on what you said about the title. I still think that it's probably the most – how do I put this? It's that it's to me. It's the most different looking title of the bunch on the main roster roster right now, Ross. Uh, you look at the WWE and Universal Championships; they are exactly the same, except one of them is a blue strap and the other one's the regular black strap. And then you look at the IC title. The IC title almost—I'm—it's been six months since they debuted that title, and I'm still trying to come to grips with it. Yeah, I'm I don't like it either. I'm still. Some days I'm like, ah, it looks good. Other days I'm like, yeah, I'm not feeling it. Um, I look at the United States Championship, and it's super different looking. You, It's got the big golder plate around it. Um, I think that the American Eagle is, you know, like a, it's not subtle. It's not subtle because you can definitely tell there's an American – there's a bald eagle on the middle of the t- title belt. But it's it, – I don't know. It Maybe because of the gold, it makes it work. There's There's less red, white, and blue which I think takes away from the cartooniness of said title. Because, and I'm talking about the WWE title, not the WCW United States title. Because the WCW United States title was simple. It had an elegant look. And it, was, it looked cool without overshadowing the WCW ch- championship. And that was important. I agree. Ever since it came, got re-debuted in, what was it, 2002 with the WWE, they've added the, the red, white, and blue with the, with the flag. And, yeah, it's cool, but the plate was always too small, and it just never looked as good as the Intercontinental Championship, whether it was the black strap or the white strap. That being said, they're doing stuff with the U.S. title, and I can appreciate it. Bobby Lashley and the Hurt Business, I hope – there's something down the horizon because there's a lot of momentum being built around them right now. And it's starting to get me hyped up a little bit, Ross. It is. I'm starting to like what's going on. I've been liking what's been going on for the last couple of months. They added now Cedric Alexander. And all I can say is like, I see something over the horizon. I'm just trying to make sure that it's something that I love because you can't go ahead and put me in the car and me put on my seatbelt and me be excited to know we're going to a surprise place and you go ahead and get me there. And it's McDonald's. Don't get me to McDonald's WWE. Right. 
Right. I need a filet mignon or a ribeye medium well, baby. That's what I need. And you're getting me kind of hyped up. You're bringing out some nice appetizers. You're doing some good stuff. One of my favorite things about this match was the fact that Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin were not allowed at ringside. The only people that were allowed at ringside to go ahead and keep things even were Ricochet when he came out, obviously, with Apollo Crews, and MVP was allowed to go ahead and come out with Lashley. He made it simple. It made it be that MVP couldn't get involved, but then Ricochet couldn't get involved. I like simple storytelling. I'm cool with that. Bobby Lashley looked like an absolute million bucks. Yes, this match went eight minutes. I understand that, but I've already seen them go 10 minutes at SummerSlam, and I already saw them go 10 minutes at Payback. I didn't need to go see them 10 minutes one more time. Like, to me, Bobby Lashley has already beaten him twice. Of course, he's going to have the advantage. I was I appreciated the fact that Apollo Crews got in as much offense as he did, and he made him look strong, by the way. Apollo Crews didn't look like a pansy in this match. Apollo looked fantastic, but he you just knew that Apollo can't hang with Bobby right now. Franklin Roberto Lashley, he can't hang with him right now. Bobby Lashley's killing him. My, the way that this match ended, I was a huge fan of Ross. That pop-up choke slam that he did on, on Apollo Crews, the amount of elevation that Lashley got on Crews. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, let it be known right now. Apollo Crews is short, but Apollo Crews is not light. Apollo Crews is a good, I don't know, 215, 220 on, on a good day. This is not a small man. He's just short. He's like me. And for Lashley, and again, Lashley's also a freak of nature. He's 6'3", 275, 280. So, you know, it makes sense. He's, 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 he, he is near identical in size to Brock Lesnar. He might even be a little bit bigger than Brock. Let's just be honest. But that choke slam was so sick. It was awesome. And then the full Nelson, man, it's just you can't – that was a great way to end this match. And I appreciated the fact that Apollo tried to fight out of it. It wasn't a quick tap out. He's like, no, nah, man, I can't tap out to this a third time. Not again. And then he has to. That's how devastating the Hurt Lock is. The fact that Apollo Crews has now had to tap out to it not once, not twice, three consecutive times on three consecutive pay-per-views. So, so I'd like to point out that, yeah. and I will take credit for this, actually. Did I not say Bobby Lashley's finisher needs to be a submission hold? Now, you did. You said the torture now, rack, but yes. I did vow that it should have been the torture rack. However, it's I'm fine with this. As, yeah, I, it's about as close as you can get to a torture rack. I Look, it, it, I said it at the top. He's undervalued. He's underutilized. And if they can... If, they, if, this, if this group, or at least if Bobby can convince one guy that he's... A main event player, yeah. I think he can get there. It's just okay. a matter of it's just because look, I can tell you right now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing him versus Drew again. Yeah, me either. Yeah, right. But again, with this gimmick attached to it, um, I wouldn't mind seeing a lot of matchups on that show. Now I realize they're both heels, and they're not going to do Roman versus Bobby. Um, but there are a lot of different talents on that show that they could easily uh, him him versus Keith Lee will work. It will. I agree. If, they, if if they're on the same show, it will work. Which they um, are. They're both on Monday Night Raw. Yeah. 
So, well, but what I'm saying is we have a draft coming up, and I don't know if they're going to keep them on the same show. I just don't know that. Don't move them. Don't move them. I think the Hurt Business is working well on Raw. There's so much potential, untapped potential on Monday Night Raw right now for the Hurt Business that you moving them over to SmackDown that quickly would – I really don't think that it would be – it would be detrimental to them in a way. Unless you were to book them exactly the same way on SmackDown as you are currently on Raw. Like, to me, there's still a lot of – there's still a lot of people they need to run over on Raw before you go ahead and think of moving over to SmackDown. That's what well, I'm saying. Well, also, it again, and, I, and that's why I'm not getting overly excited about it, which is where is the trajectory of this group? Are they going to crash and burn with yeah. the United States title? Are we going to get tag belts on these guys? Uh, is, is, is Bobby Lashley going to threaten to take a world title? So until, un, until the next progression – which, by the way, is a reason why I don't know if Shelton Benjamin's going to stay with that group much longer. Because, I mean, is the idea that he and Cedric Alexander are going to be a tag team? I mean, I guess that could work. See, okay, so it's funny you mentioned that. It's funny you mentioned that because the next match that we're discussing right now, not to have us move on, but I, it correlates. No, no, it's okay. It's okay because I do want to get through these next two matches because I want to spend most of the rest of the show on the last two matches of the show. Which is perfectly um, fine. So, yes, the Raw Tag Team title match was next. The Street Profits retained in an eight-minute match. Okay, Andrade and Angel Garza just need to break up. They just need to feud, period. If they're not going to win the titles, I just need Angel Garza to be a baby face and Andrade to be heel. Because guess what? It will work. And it'll be oh, a it mid-card feud. It'll be a mid-card. Which, by the way, okay, I'm telling you right now, uh, those two, those two probably need to go to SmackDown. Uh, Andrade's best time on the main roster came while he was on SmackDown. Even though he That's what I'm saying. Because yeah. right now... If you're saying that they're a mid-card act, they'd fit in perfectly on that side if you're going to leave them as a tag team, which I wouldn't, but if you are, they'll, they'll fit perfectly fine. Yeah. And right now, if you're going to put them in a mid-card title feud, the Intercontinental title, even though they just put the titles back on Sami Zayn, there's a lot more possibilities for different matchups there. So I can see that, I can see that happening. Um, they must have a plan for who they're going to have beat the Street Profits. I just don't know who that is. For all I know, for all I know, they may have an awesome plan. And truthfully, at this point, I really hope the awesome plan is the Undisputed Era come to Raw and just take the titles. At this point, if... Unless they're going to break them up, which, by the way, that may happen. But if the plan is they're done in NXT, they're all getting drafted, and they're all going to Raw, that's the group you have beat the Street Profits. If that's the plan. If that's the plan, fine. These guys have had the belts for too long. This was, to me, a nothing match. It was filler. It was in the middle of the show. It was another match that I could have just done without. And again, outside of a few choice things, I was waiting for the main event of the show, which ended up being not the main event of the show. Which I'll get to that when we get to that. So for me, 
This was an eight-minute filler tag team title match that we could have just seen on Raw. Let me tell you something right now, you disrespectful human being, disrespecting oh, what I thought was one of the better matches on this show. This match, this tag team match, was a banger for eight minutes, Ross. This was easily the best match that has been that the Street Profits and Garza and Andrade have had in the three months that they've been feuding, however long it was. And I understand that people are mad that Andrade and Garza didn't win the title. By the way, you're looking and you're listening to one of them because I was heated at how not only the, at the fact that the Profits retained, but at the same time, the referee botched this, and it was definitely a referee botched, not a storyline continuation. Whoever the name of this referee is, you Nimrod dickhead. I cannot believe, <laughs> I cannot believe that you counted the three when Andrade's arm popped up as quickly as it did. You idiot. That being, okay, there's a couple of things that I want to get off my chest really quickly. That being one of them, because it pissed me off. Because I don't think that this match was meant to go eight minutes, Ross. I believe that this match was meant to go a little bit longer. But because of freaking the Nimrod himself, Pinstripes Magoo over here, doesn't know how to count to three, we got ru- it got ruined. One, two. Okay. I haven't read anything and no articles have popped up for me. But he threw up the X with Garza. The, like with about a minute and a half, two minutes left in that match. Did you see that? I couldn't have been the only one that saw that. Garza tried to go yes. ahead and get to Andrade, and then all of a sudden he kind of got stuck and he couldn't move. And I couldn't tell if that was storyline in the sense of Garza was getting ready to betray Andrade because, to be honest with you, what I loved about this match is we finally saw the cohesiveness of Garza and Andrade for the first time in two and a half months. And I was like, this is how they should have been booked like from the very beginning. They're too great to be bickering all the time like stop with that stupid booking and just book them like an amazing tag team that i know that could, that they could be and they did do that with them in this entirety of in the entirety of the smash and i was loving every moment of it they were dude the pace that they were putting on for angelo dawkins to have to perform at let me be let me be very clear when i say this this was angelo dawkins best Probably the best showing that he has had on not the main roster, but probably the best showing that he's had in a tag team match in over a year. You got to go all the way to the Profits and the Undisputed Era having a match for me to tell you that that's been a good performance from Angelo Dawkins. I'm dead serious. Angelo Dawkins was awesome in this match. Montez Ford was phenomenal, as he always is, because he's phenomenal. Um, and then Garza and, and, and Andrade were killing it because they always do, because they're my boys, right? But I, I got confused because – the announcers didn't say anything about it. Um, and then Andrade kind of had to keep going with the match, and Garza was basically at ringside on the floor the entire time, and then the medics came on over to him, and they never said anything about it, and I still haven't seen any articles. I don't know if he, like, really, like, messed up his ankle when he went for that kick or for the knee, or maybe he messed up his knee. I don't know, but I really think that that kind of took away from the ending of the match. But let me tell you right now, dude, they made the wrong call. They made the wrong call. Andrade and Garza should have won this match, and we should have new Raw Tag Team Champions right now. If that, with that being said, the Street Profits are still the champs. You have got to have the Hurt Business take those titles off of them. Just and and I would. Here's the thing, though. Here's where I have a tra- a problem defending myself on that because I actually kind of feel like I'm being hypocritical in a way, Ross. So hear me out because this you might actually agree with me. 
My problem with me having the hurt is just take away the titles from the Street Profits is that I think the more logical tag team when I really think about it is probably Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin when I originally thought it should be MVP and Shelton Benjamin. But Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander haven't wrestled together, whereas Shelton Benjamin and MVP have. So from a chemistry thing, it should be Benjamin and MVP. But I don't think MVP should be the one repping as a tag team because I feel like he is the face of the of the franchise, even though Bobby is what they're being built around. But he, you know, MVP's the mouthpiece, right? So I feel like I'm almost being a hypocrite when I say it's Alexander and Sheldon Benjamin should have gone after the titles, but they have zero chemistry to go off of with one of them. They haven't been a team that's been tagging for even once. So like I feel like even though you'd be cool with the Hurt Business taking the titles away from the Profits, you might even say it's two single stars coming together. And it just so happens to be that they are part of a, of a stable. What, what are your thoughts on that? You know, I think that if they were going to put the titles on them, I think they should have done it a while ago. And business? yes. Okay. Which is why, which is why I think they're going to bring in a team from either NXT or they're going to move in a team that's, you know, just coming back to take those titles as like kind of a shock thing. Maybe on that raw, they'll get drafted that night and they'll take the titles from the street profits that night. I could see that happening. Um, and I just don't see that being the hurt business, but if you were going to go the hurt business, um, yeah, I would think it would be, Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander, which I don't know how good of a team that would be. Um, I just don't know. But your point is valid. Your 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 point is valid, and I agree with you about the Shelton Benjamin and MVP thing. So yeah, but that being said, dude, like, I first of all, I hope Ale- I I hope Angel Garza is okay. I I really do because I mean, you don't throw up the X and then continue storyline without mentioning it. So obviously, something happened to Garza, and I hope he's okay. Um, but damn it, man, another, it's just another slap in the face of Andrade and another, and, and, and a, now a second slap to Garza, you know, you took away Zelina from them. Zelina's going to now be doing her own thing. Now they don't have a manager. And this is the first time that they've been booked in a, re, in a really good, strong way, a cohesive way. And by the way, dude, I'm telling you the pace that they were putting on and I'm not, and and it's not about the speed of this match. It's about the flow of this match. And maybe it helps the fact that you've been wrestling for the last three months. And of course you were going to get something out of one another, but damn, this was way better than any of the matches that they've put on raw or at SummerSlam over the last couple of months. Like it was so far above everything else that they've done over the last couple of months that it irritates the hell out of me that this ended on a botch because of the referee and two, because they made the wrong call. This, this actually got me heated, even though I knew what had happened. I saw the match end and it actually, I legitimately actually got angry with the referee because he can't do his job. It's, 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 it's the raw tag team titles. Let's, let's, let's be honest. Yeah, I know. But the referee, the referee is just a nymph. I want to know the name of that referee. Give me a second. I'll be right back. Uh, so, okay. Uh, in the middle of this, by the way, uh, R-Truth regained the 24-7 title from Drew Gulak. He is now a 
41-time 24-7 champion. I thought for sure they were just going for a record of beating, like, Crash Holly and Raven's record for holding the hardcore title. He's close to eclipsing their reigns combined. Crash Holly and Raven combined held the hardcore title 47 – no, 49 times. Would you like to know who's held the 24-7 title the second most times with seven? Um, it's not Drake Maverick. I'm going to say – I'll give you one guess. Go ahead. No, just one guess. Oh, one guess. Okay, I think we're going to – I'm sorry. I misunderstood. I think we were going to say you're going to give me a hint. Drake Maverick has held it six times. Six times? Damn. Yep. So who's held it seven? Uh, who could have – Mojo? It is Mojo Raleigh. Oh, really? Oh, man, yes. Yeah. Mojo Raleigh, you suck. Yeah. So, uh, so that happened. And then Bailey came out, cut a heel promo, a very basic heel promo, saying that Nikki Cross was out and that she was going to have an open challenge for her title because she was still scheduled to have a title match. So I figured, okay, who could this be? that I would at least be interested in seeing because Sasha would be cliche. I don't think anybody's coming back and the draft isn't happening for another week. So they're not just going to blow somebody switching brands when they're doing a draft in a week. And then Oscar just came out and I was like, okay. So it was Bailey and Asuka for the SmackDown Women's Championship. It went three minutes. Bailey got disqualified. And it was a missed opportunity. And I say that because although I was not excited for Nikki Cross to get a title match, um, and they probably didn't know exactly what they were going to do with the fact that she was not medically cleared, I was kind of hoping for a surprise, somebody that we hadn't seen in a while, somebody that hadn't really gotten a title opportunity. And by the way, this could have also been, hey, the two main events are going an hour, so we're just going to have some schlock finish, and you and Asuka have wrestled recently, and you can just get a DQ, and nobody will care about it in a month. That's very possible. Um, but... And again, I'm not saying who's – okay, who on SmackDown has never really gotten – like, okay, for instance, it would have been a waste if Carmella came back and got a title shot. That would be, that would be a waste, in my opinion. So is there anybody on the SmackDown brand that I'm like, I would love to see that person get a title shot? I wouldn't necessarily I, – I this person I'm about to mention, I wouldn't necessarily want them to get another title shot or that they deserve one, but I haven't seen them feud against Bailey yet, and I haven't seen Naomi go again, go up against Bailey yet. Yeah, I don't I, need I, to see I, Naomi wrestling for titles anytime right now. That's just I, me. I uh, understand that, but I'm just saying I'm mentioning names. So that's a name that, you know, is big enough, but sure. then that you knew – that you know – there's no way she's going to be Bailey right now. She's not going to be the person to be Bailey, yeah. but at least she so, would maybe have a good match with Bailey. So I think they just decided, okay, uh, Oscar had a short match. Um, now, 
here's what I would have preferred. I would have preferred Bailey cuts a promo. Sasha comes out, cuts a promo on her. They do a segment. There's no match. And they do something on SmackDown. That's what I would have preferred. Whether that's Nikki Cross or anybody else, I think they should have just said, okay, no match. Just go out there and cut a promo. You've got five minutes. Cut a promo. You and Sasha can do something. It'll be time filler. That's what I would have done because what we got was a three-minute match with a disqualification. So, did were you not a fan of what happened between uh, Bailey and Sasha? No, it 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 just it was three minutes. Whatever. No, I'm not. I I understand. I'm talking about the segment that happened after the match where Sasha. Eh. Like to me, that I feel like that kind of, you know. That, that kind of pushed their storyline. It's like, okay, Sasha. I mean, that's I mean, I mean, that's fine. But I'm saying they could have just done something basic and then just pushed it off to SmackDown because the plan was to have a match. You could have just said, "Hey, we now have a week to figure out something cool." Right. That's all. Okay, I, I totally all. get that. Um, I I gave you my thoughts on it. I'll give the audience my thoughts on it very quickly. To me, it looked it made Oscar look even more of a badass. Um. The fact that she whoops Alina's ass and then she comes in, it's like, not only am I, did I smoke her, I mean, you're the best that we have to offer, except not really I am. So guess what? I still am not going to leave your thorn until everyone knows that I'm absolutely better than you are. Here I am. Take me on after I've already gone earlier tonight. What can you do? Bailey couldn't do anything. Obviously, she had to get herself disqualified. I love that. I know that it sounds stupid, and I know it's like, well, that's super lame, Jorge, and whatever. But at the same time, I, I love Asuka. And any single time I see her on TV, I'm like, yo, dude, you need to feature her more. Like, so I'm not necessarily mad at that. I appreciated the fact that post-fight, although I probably would have held off. I probably would have held off Sasha coming back that quickly. Because I, I know she's been away from the TV for a couple of weeks with nursing – her storyline injury, but I mean, her storyline injury looked like it was actually much worse than they're actually playing it off to be. So to me, I would have just pushed that a little bit longer. I mean, you got your neck stomped on in between a chair. That's you don't come back from that in two weeks, yo. Like, yeah, I probably would have played that. I, I would have pushed that just a little bit longer. Other than that, I thought it was fine. And then, and then. I don't know what you want me to say. I really don't. Well, I mean, this was this was the match that you were looking forward to most, right? It was until it didn't main event the show. Us, us, come on, man. Sorry, sorry, Jay Uso <laughs> made it. Jay Uso made a vendor to pay for me. What's wrong with that? What is Jay wrong Uso. with Jay Uso? Jay, Jay Uso made a vendor to pay per view. Roman Reigns made a vendor to the pay per view, and nope. it happened to be Jay like, Uso. his cousin. Stop. Jay Uso. You were just. Jay Uso made a vendor to pay per view. Anyway, uh, Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre in an ambulance match. Yes, that happened. And it was for 
the WWE title. <sighs> okay. Now, the story going into this match was that Drew and Randy had a really good match, and then Drew beat him with a backslide. So, Randy didn't really lose because Drew didn't beat him with his finisher. Drew beat him on a backslide. So Randy has the out of, I'm still better than you. And Drew can just be like, but I pinned your shoulders to the mat three, for, for three seconds. So clearly I'm still better than you, and I have the championship to prove it. So I didn't quite buy into the ambulance match stipulation because there's not really a great place for them to go. Either Drew wins and the feud is over, or Randy wins and Drew can be like, you didn't beat me in a wrestling match. You beat me in a no rules match. Or the only rule is you had to put me in an ambulance. That's not beating me in wrestling. That's beating me in a fight. So then you just continue the feud and you go that route. Now, was it a slugfest? Absolutely. Do these two have really good chemistry together? Yes, they do. However, the finish to this match and the fallout of this match leaves me with more questions than answers. And I have to throw in my cheap thing because, uh, well, <laughs> okay. I'm going to make a very, very obscure reference and I don't care. So Shawn Michaels showed up <laughs> and Shawn Michaels decided to do the slowest punch knocking Randy Orton off of an ambulance I've ever seen in my life. Now, what did this remind me of? Oh yes, for those of you that know me, I am what you would call a video game enthusiast. This reminded me of the ending to Jack's in Mortal Kombat 4, which is, oh, Sonya Blade and Jarek are outside of a cliff. Jarek almost falls off a cliff, throws Sonya over the cliff. Jax then picks up Jarek by his neck and then just talks a bunch of trash, waits, waits, and then just drops him off the cliff. That was pretty much what Shawn Michaels did to Randy Orton on top of an ambulance. I have no words. Shawn Michaels legitimately is the guy that hangs around NXT with a baseball cap and says, I'm a legend. You'll listen to me, kids. But when it comes to Randy Orton, oh, it's totally believable that he would just he would just Punch him off of an ambulance. Why not? To be fair, he super kicked him first. Okay. How many times, how many times do I have to say this? Okay. Randy Orton is a main eventer. Randy Orton is one of the seven guys that's carrying your company right now. Shawn Michaels is a bald guy that helps down in NXT. <laughs> I do not need to see Shawn Michaels super kicking a main eventer. You know what I need Shawn Michaels doing? I need Shawn Michaels super kicking people in hallways and being a comedy act. That's what I need Shawn Michaels doing. However, the right guy won. 
in my opinion. However, the feud really should be over, but it's not, which confuses me even more because in the middle of all of this, and by the way, I haven't even talked about the match and it's kind of on purpose because I'm trying to decide if I just want to go all out Super Saiyan 9000 on the main event or if I just want to take the calm, cool, collective approach and just chalk it up to WWE being morons. So here's what I'll say. Drew won. The feud is not over. I'm a little confused. However, Randy Orton has done this on a number of occasions in putting over guys that they're pushing multiple times. Uh, he put over Jinder Mahal three times. I always get this wrong. Did he put over Mark Henry twice or three times? I think it was only twice. Twice, but he still put over Mark Henry. Okay. By the way, I still love that match. I still actually want to go back and watch that match because... No, the cell match between those two is awesome. It's amazing. Uh, I wish we would have covered it, but it did. But it was an honorable mention on one of our shows. Go back and watch Mark Henry winning the World Heavyweight title from Randy Orton. Go watch that match. Tell yeah, me uh, it's I dare you. Uh, um, October 2011, ladies and gentlemen, uh, is when, when that happened. Hell in a Cell, October 2011. Tell me that match sucks. I dare you. Um, so, Keith Lee pinned Randy Orton in like a four-minute match, and apparently, like, Randy Orton's still getting a title shot after losing an ambulance match, or he's still in the mix. So, we're, are we going to have a three-way? Is there going to be another number one contenders match? I thought Keith Lee already had a had a had a cashed in token for that. Are we going to have another one? Is it going to be a triple threat? Is it going to be a uh, six man Hell in a Cell two thousand style? I don't know. I don't know that match by the way. Uh, well, uh, I, I think I would. I think I would take Rikishi as a main eventer right now. I couldn't say that with a straight face. I couldn't. Okay, actually, let me back it up. <laughs> I, buy, I buy I buy Rikishi being in the main event of a pay-per-view. Then Jey Uso! Knock it off. Knock it off. Come on, oh. man. Uh, I'm trying to decide if this was my favorite match on the show. Probably. Especially since the only two matches I liked on this show other than this match was the pre-show match that went 10 minutes... That had Kalisto in it, for God's sake. And a U.S. title match that I deemed inoffensive. So, yeah, to me, this was the best match on the show. I'm still deciding what I'm going to do in the main event. Go ahead. All right, well, let me just go ahead and get this out of the way right now. I, I like this match. I thought this match was perfectly adequate. Um, I like their SummerSlam match more than I did their ambulance match on Sunday. I did. I'm just going to flat out say I that agree. to you right now. Um, By the way, at no yeah. point did I say the ambulance match was better. Oh, no, I'm not saying you were. I just saying, wanted to make sure. Yeah, yeah no, no. I, and I think most people would agree with you. So mm -hmm. go ahead continue. What I was going to say was, you know, I love Samoa Joe on commentary. You know my thoughts about Tom Phillips and how much I appreciate him on commentary and that I will do my best to go to bat for Byron Saxon as much as I possibly can as long as it's warranted. He is my guy. Him and I were tight. We took a picture. We're all cool. You know, sometimes he's an idiot, and I have to call him out on that, even though I don't want to, but I'm a fair man. 
I thought that the commentary was a little bit biased. All three of them in this match, and it was really freaking annoying. You know, you had Big Show come in and choke slam Randy Orton through the table. You had Christian attack Randy Orton backstage. You had Shawn Michaels super kick and punch Randy Orton off the ambulance. And then you had Ric Flair drive off in the ambulance at the end of the match after Drew McIntyre put him in the back. Yet, somehow, some way, they kept on talking about the fact that Drew McIntyre is clawing himself back into this match, doing everything he can. Randy Orton's just gotten the hell beaten out of him by four, by three different dudes in the, in the midst of a 22-minute match. Don't talk to me that Drew McIntyre is crawling and doing everything he can to get back into this match. That's not happening. Considering that Randy Orton did not do that much extreme damage to, to Drew McIntyre that would warrant that. They were doing the same amount of damage to one another. Unless you're trying to go ahead and say, oh, you know, he, he, he has a broken jaw from a, from a punt kick or from three punt kicks earlier th- this month. Oh, poor Drew McIntyre. Man, shut up. This is Drew McIntyre, the best world champion in pro wrestling today. Don't make me feel bad for him. Okay, like if you if if you want me to feel bad for him, don't book Shawn Michaels, Christian, Big Show to come out and beat the snot out of Randy Orton, who's supposed to be the heel in this match. That makes no sense to me. Like throughout that entire match, I'm like, why the hell am I rooting for Drew McIntyre instead of rooting for Randy Orton at this moment in time? I had that thought cross go across my mind several different on several different occasions. Now, of course, I was rooting for Drew McIntyre because he's my boy. He's the babyface. I support him. I want to see him continue to do great things, even though I love Randy Orton. But it made no sense. If you're trying to tell me to root for this guy, Drew McIntyre cheated not once, not twice, but three times. I understand that it was a match that had zero disqualifications, no countouts. There were no rules. Your opponent needs to be thrown into the back of an ambulance. That's it. That's the only way to win. Cool. I get that. Randy Orton still got jumped three times. What? How am I supposed to root for Drew McIntyre? Okay, time out. Go ahead. Time out. A I, guy, no, a guy that punts Ric Flair in the head, I'm not supposed to have any sympathy for. He got beat up by three guys. I don't care. I don't. And, I by, the way, and by the way, you said it perfectly. There are no rules. I don't want a baby face to be dumb and not take advantage of the fact that there's no rules. Who cares? Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I just, I, I get that, and I, and I totally understand it, and I get it. Randy Orton beat the crap out of those three dudes first. Okay, cool. If that was going to be the case, this feud should be over. I agree. That's, and it's not. It's like, okay, Randy Orton the next night comes and beats the hell out of Drew McIntyre again, and then gets... That beats the snot out of Sean again, and out of Christian again, and out of Show again, and out of Rick again. And I'm like, so what's going to happen now? They're going to have a Hell in a Cell match in the, in, uh, at the end of October, and Rick Flair is going to give a low blow to Randy Orton and then put him in the figure four? Is that what I'm going to see? Oh, and by the way, if they decide to do that, which, by the way, I said this at the time, why did Keith Lee beat Randy Orton in a four-minute match when it means nothing? I hear that. I hear that, okay. and that's fine. Okay. Because I, 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 I'm willing to take that heat because I did defend that decision, and that's fine. I'm not getting mad at that, just like I'm not getting mad at you. But to me, the booking of 
show Michaels and Christian all beating the crap out of, okay, tell you what, that's fine. Just don't make it seem like Drew McIntyre is this intense warrior who's crawling and scratching to go ahead and try and do everything. It's like, he's getting all the help in the world right now. Don't, don't make, don't feel bad for Drew McIntyre. That's stupid to me. That, that did annoy me. Was this match good? Yeah. I'll tell you this right now, Ross. I'm going to let you go off on the main event. But I'm here to tell you, and I want you to look at me dead in my eyes, in my beautiful dark brown eyes. The ambulance match, not even close to how good that main event was. Go ahead. Main event time. Roman Reigns. Yes, the big dog. The tribal chief. Yeah, no, I'm, I, by the way, never going to call him that. Ever. Ever. The big dog. Oh, Roman Reigns. My water. Oh, you almost made me choke, dog. <laughs> you almost made me choke. Legitimately was having a moment of like, I can't do this. Hold on. Stop. <laughs> Go ahead. Roman Reigns. Versus Jey Uso. In a singles match. In the main event of this pay-per-view. For the Universal title. Now, I'll give you this. Paul Heyman, guy's awesome. He is. He's awesome. Yes, I love him. Yes, he is. There are very few things he's going to do as a character that will upset me. Roman Reigns is also awesome. Okay. I have said this before. I will say it again. Roman Reigns was recovering from leukemia. He was out of action for months. Then COVID happened. He decided that it was better for his health and his life and his family to stay home. Okay? Fantastic. Great decision by Roman Reigns. He doesn't need to work. He's got bigger things to deal with. Great. Okay. He comes back. He's a bad guy. Why am I supposed to boo this guy? Has there actually been a reason given for him coming back as this guy that's a heel? Oh, he beat up the Fiend, who, by the way, I'm supposed to cheer as a babyface, even though he's a demon with a split personality. Yeah, sorry. Never going to buy Fiend as a babyface. Never going to happen. Sorry. Failure. All right. So that's first and second and third before we even get into the match. Okay. So this Roman Reigns, never going to buy as a heel. Not going to boo him. Not really going to cheer him. I'm indifferent to it. Because they've not told me why I should hate this guy. He gave up wrestling because he was most he was in the most susceptible category from COVID-19. I'm supposed to boo this guy when he comes back and just is a badass? Why would I boo that guy? Can you answer that question for me? Why I should boo this man? I've tried to answer that question for you. And unfortunately, because I'm a smart man, I don't have an answer for you. And I've told you that because I actually agree. With, I actually, Ross, 
for the for the consideration of the people who are listening to this podcast, please note that although I love this version of Roman Reigns and I'm all for it, I also did tell you over the phone, I do realize that, that we have been given absolutely zero reason to boo Roman Reigns right now. All he did was spear a guy and come in late into two matches. That's okay. it. Now, I if understand. you were to tell me, if you were to tell me that Roman Reigns came back because Paul Heyman and him worked out some deal where like he made like Brock Lesnar money and was like, I'll come back and save your company if you give me Brock Lesnar money and you get rid of Brock Lesnar. That's a heel thing to do. That reason was never given. If the reason is, well, I came back from my treatment with leukemia and I wasn't treated as the hero and I had to show that I was this big, bad, you know, ruler of the yard and I took out all these guys and you still hate me. That reason wasn't given. Or how about, how about, well, I came back and I decided, you know what? I don't really care about winning titles. I just want to injure people. That would be a reason to hate somebody. But no, he just came back and decided to be a badass after, after saying that his life was more important. I'm supposed to boo this man. Why? Okay, so that's the Roman Reigns end of it, okay? He's the champ. Everybody wanted him to turn heel. He's with Paul Heyman. And I understand that some people are cheering, some people are booing. I'm indifferent because you've not told me a reason or had, or had me buy into a reason to do it. And I now think that it's just Pavlov's dog of, well, we've wanted Roman Reigns to turn heel, so now we just accept it. That's me. That's me. Now, now you add in the fact that his opponent for the universal title, a title that was held by Brock Lesnar for almost two years, Jey Uso has a shot at. Now, Jorge, for the audience, I would like you to give me a good reason other than he's related to Roman Reigns and had to stand up for honor that Jey Uso is getting a title shot. Well, Ross, audience... I think that the perfectly acceptable answer to discuss as to why Jonathan Fatu, a.k.a. Jay Uso, twin of Jimmy, cousin of Roman, got a title shot against said person named Roman for the championship of the universe is simply to me in basically professional wrestling terminology to really complete and really push that turn of Roman Reigns having turned to the dark side which I've stated on this podcast on a couple on numerous, on numerous occasions, which you know this. Um, and I think that it makes all the sense in the world that Roman would be, because Roman, here's the thing, over the last four years that Roman has been the main eventer that he has been, he's always put his family ahead of everything that he does. He, the Usos were super important to him. If you go back to his feud with AJ Styles back in 2016, you know, the, Os, the, the club was beating the snot out of the Usos. And I remember one night on Monday Night Raw, AJ went ham on Jimmy and Jay. And then 
basically AJ got annihilated and got put through a table with one of the best power bombs I've ever seen by Roman Reigns, right? That's always been the thing. Roman always had the Usos backs. And then you even go back to promos between the New Day and the Usos, and the New Day always said that Jimmy and Jay, all they did was carry Roman's luggage and carry Roman's backs. It's always been the case. Well, Roman has finally gotten to the point that he's just like, I don't want to, I don't want you guys lurching off of me anymore. I don't want you guys, you know, I don't want people to think the Usos are Roman, are related to Roman, so they're on the same level as him. I've always been above you. I will always be above you. I have shown everybody that I am the best thing in this family since The Rock. I am the head of the I am the head of the household. All this crap goes through me. You will never be on my level. And Jay is like, well, hold on, bro. Like it's always been like that since childhood. That's not the way it is. I guarantee you that I can prove to you that I'm as good as I know I am. Not to mention there's a reason why I've been part of the best tag team of the last decade for the last decade. So that's kind of my explanation of why we should be going Ro- Roman Reigns right now. And not to mention he also went ahead and low blowed Jimmy in the towards the end of the match. That needs to be mentioned. So I feel like I need to mention this again. I compared Jey Uso getting a world title match on the level of Ron Harris getting a world title match. Ron Harris got a world title match on an episode of WCW Thunder in a triple threat tag team or in a triple threat cage match that involved Kevin Nash and Sid Vicious on Thunder. The level of disrespect that you are placing on Jay Uso's name. Right Jay now. Uso. Hilarious, but okay. Jay Uso. Jay Uso. Jay Uso is somebody that you have said on multiple occasions, along with his brother, is one of the best tag teams of the last 15 years. Am I right or am I wrong? Tag teams. That doesn't matter, Ross. Do you it answer does the matter. question? Yes or no? Because you still got to be a really good wrestler, right? It Come does on, matter. You're it gonna, does matter. You're going to give Jay the gym. You're going to give Jay the Kofi treatment. Golly, go ahead. Oh, no, it's worse. It's actually worse. He didn't win the title, so you don't have to go off on it. He still lost. Oh, no, you're right. You're right. Kofi winning the title is worse than Jay being in a world title match. You're right. That is worse. However, the fact that Jay Uso wrestled for the same title that Brock Lesnar held for almost two years is insulting. You don't even like Brock Lesnar's title reign of two years. So why are you getting so upset? Yeah. Because to me, I actually like valuing world titles. Listen, I I, I understand where you're coming from on that, buddy. I really do. I fully respect that. Close that door. Close the door. So, so, okay. So, all right. This match was basically Roman Reigns beating the hell out of his familia for 20 minutes. Did I not say that? Last okay. week, I needed to see Roman beat the snot out of Jay. That is, not love... a, that is not a pay-per-view main event. Sorry, it isn't. That is a that is a that is a Raw or SmackDown main event. That to me is showcasing and showing off your dominant Universal Champion who has had a change of heart over the past month. Okay. I think that's relatively important. To me, that's relatively important. And then you add in the the 
the family aspect of Roman didn't care if it was Jay. He didn't care if it was Seth. He didn't he hell, he could have cared less if that was Renee Young on the uh, in the middle of that ring with him. He was gonna pulverize whoever got in there and he didn't give a crap how. And I can appreciate that. From a storyline perspective, I can appreciate that. Roman has finally said, and by the way, his treatment towards Paul Heyman in the middle of that match and his treatment towards referee Charles Robinson, perfect. That was beautiful. I love that. Okay. So you're telling me you are okay with a 20 minutes. Or I'm sorry, excuse me. Excuse me. Let me make sure I make sure I get this adequately right. You are saying you are okay with a 23-minute squash match as the main event of a pay-per-view. Yes. In which, in which Jey Uso, who has never been a singles competitor, gets a world title match against the biggest star in your company. I'm fine with it. I'm perfectly fine with it. Because if okay. you go, if you want to mix in reality with storyline, Ross, if you want to mix in reality But I don't story, need this reality. That's I fine. Don't. You don't... Okay, that's fine. No, okay, okay. Tell you what, <laughs> tell you yeah. what, tell you what. If you were to tell me every person that's in pro wrestling was in a match against Roman Reigns to make sure that he didn't hold the title, that's more believable. And I'll tell you this much. I didn't need to see this headlining a pay-per-view. If in your back pocket you know you have Roman Reigns versus The Rock. Because that, that is a match that should main event a pay-per-view. I understand that. that but you, you, is a match. <laughs> it's so funny you keep on saying this should main event a pay-per-view and that should main, main, mm-hmm. that should main event a pay-per-view because not even 45 minutes ago, you were talking about Zelina Vega and Asuka mm-hmm. having a pay-per-view match mm-hmm. uh, at Clash of Champions and you saying this is not WrestleMania, this is fine. This is Clash of Champions, Ross. Don't care. This Come should not on, be main eventing a pay-per-view. Sorry. So you're you, so you're not even going to go ahead and give credit to the actual really good performance that Jey Uso actually nope. put on in this match because to me he put on a terrific performance. Like if I'm going to go ahead and give all the credit in the world to Zelina Vega again on the performance that she put on with Oscar, don't you dare besmirch the name of Jonathan Fatu, or Joshua Fatu. Excuse me, Jonathan is Jim. I will. <sighs> He it put was, on a really him and Roman put on a really good match. There was, oh, you mean you mean you mean you mean he put on a really good exhibition of getting his ass kicked for twenty two minutes. Just like Drew McIntyre and Kurt Angle did a couple years ago on Raw, which you to this day r- r- drive the bandwagon, my friend. Okay. Yeah. You, you hitched that that wagon onto your wagon and drove it fifteen hundred yeah. miles. Come on, man. You're telling me, you're telling me that you believe Jay Uso wrestling Roman Reigns for the universal title is more legitimate than if Kurt Angle wrestled him for the title. Okay. First of all, a 51-year-old Kurt Angle? Yep. I have to make sure I have to make sure to put that in there. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yep. Ross, I don't think I, I you're I think you're choosing to clearly not see the whole viewpoint of this. And I Wait, think you have blinders why? on. And that's fine. I'm fine. People want to say I got way, appar- out of school. Which, by the way, apparently, uh, apparently, I'm in the minority of this. Which I would say WWE fans are idiots. Oh, that's cold. That's that's cold. Ugh. That's mean. 
it's it's, it's it's family members fighting with each other. I like the storyline of somebody beating the hell out of him because family doesn't matter anymore. Dumb. Sorry, this should not be made of adding a pay-per-view. I'm sorry. It's okay. I mean, you don't have to apologize. No, I'm no, no. Okay, tell you what. Tell you what. In 1997, if Goldberg had a 20-minute squash match main event to pay-per-view, would you crap all over it? I guarantee you would. Yes, because it wouldn't have been entertaining because Goldberg can't go 20 minutes where Roman Reigns and Jey Uso could make this entertaining I, for 20 minutes, which they did. And I guarantee I, any... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. It's just, look, I say this and I don't care if people say it's a cop-out. We agree to disagree. Which is cool. You, and I love you. You think man. it's awesome. I think it sucks. I can't okay. you're not the only person who thinks it sucks. I know no, that. Okay, okay. Tell you what. Tell you what, right? So what's what's the next big pay-per-view they're doing? Hell in a Cell? Hell in a Cell is in a month, right. So what? Is the next pay-per-view both Usos get a title match? From what, I, from what I'm understanding, hang on for one second, huh? I mean, really? Really? It's, it's supposed to be The Fiend apparently coming back. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Since, by the way, that's a feud we need to see. Yeah, Babyface really, Fiend versus heel Roman Reigns. I'm here to tell you right now, I'd much rather see the Usos in a handicap match with Roman in the Hell in a Cell than I would see the Fiend in, okay. in Hell in a Cell too. Okay. I will defend. If the Usos were facing Roman Reigns in a match, not for the title, I would have been okay with it. Which, by the way, would not have made it ended the show. Guarantee you it would. First of all, second of all, I think okay. So at the end of this match, because we haven't talked about the end, this match did not end by pinfall or submission. It ended via TKO because Jimmy Jay's twin brother threw in the towel. By the way, terrible and, finish. Uh, I probably would have had Roman. If pin the match, him. if the match is, I dominated and gave up on family. Beat him with a move. I agree. Or, no, or, I, or, I agree. Or, or, I don't, or I don't know. Beat him up to the point where the ref has to stop the match. I agree. I, I'll give you that, Ross. I'll okay. give you that. Okay? But I will say, I mean, who knows? Maybe we see Jimmy. Maybe Jimmy's cleared. Oh, my God. he joins Jay. Or maybe he joins Roman. What? Bro, yeah. you have to okay. go ahead. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. You just, you just, you just gave the idea of splitting up the Usos. Yeah, since that'll work, or have both of them join them. I, I've told you that I that, think that both. That, that's even worse. Now you're going to say that Logan gets an ass kicked for twenty-two on. minutes and then he hold just on. joins him. Hold on. This isn't, isn't Rick Flair getting his ass kicked by Triple H and then joining him to help build Evolution. That's not that. Okay, first of all, did Can't you believe you put Jey Uso in the same sentence as Ric Flair, for God's sake. Okay, first of all, you made that correlation, not me. Correlation, excuse You're me. You're the one that said he should take an ass kicking and then join him. I, oh my God. It makes sense. It makes no, sense. No, it doesn't. You can't beat him, join him. You want to be part of the family, you want to support your family, then hang out with the guy who's willing to support the family because he's the head of the household. He's the ha- he's okay. the head honcho. He is the tribal chief. Okay. It makes Roman, all sense in the world. Roman Roman doesn't need Roman doesn't need a tribe. Roman doesn't need a tribe, but Jimmy and Jay do. Uh, so? Makes, come on, man. It makes perfect sense. No, it doesn't. I like it. 
I like my idea. I think it's brilliant. Did you or did you not, were you not a fan of Cedric Alexander Hurt, joining the Hurt business after he was getting his butt kicked by okay. the Hurt business that entire time? Did you okay. or did you not? Okay, you are now comparing the Hurt business to a group that might happen with Roman Reigns, which would make storyline no sense. This match, I loved. Sucked. Every, every minute. No, I'm so, I have to... I'm going to go ahead and draw a hard line in the sand and say Fine. Ross is actually wrong on this one. I'm not going to, I'm not going to take the bait and be I don't like, care if you think I'm Ross wrong has a good point. No, 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 no. I got to. I oh, have oh, to. And by the way, by the way, I am never going to buy into this version of heel Roman Reigns. It's not going to happen. Even if he cuts the promo next week saying that he came back because everybody basically. They missed, know. they missed their chance to turn him heel. It's properly. Stop. It's a no. month. Nope. Nope. They missed their chance to turn him heel when he came out the night after he beat The Undertaker and said, this is my yard. That's the night he should have turned heel. Yes, I and agree they missed, with you. And they missed their opportunity. I agree. Just, just like they missed their opportunity turning John Cena, he should have joined the authority, and him and Randy Orton should have held all the belts, and that should have been team authority. They yes. missed their window to do it. Yes, so now... So now, the way that you've built this character, everybody's been wanting it, so now it's just cliche. And now, you're telling me a guy that has been a tag team wrestler gets a world title shot? What am I supposed to think of the universal title now? It's a prop again. I don't want to see the world title as a prop. I want it to actually mean that you're the best. You know what that match is? That match is a guy holding a prop beating up a family member because they had a fight at Thanksgiving dinner. That's what that was. Yeah, I have to disagree with you on that. I don't, because it's, uh, to me, it's not, oh, we just had a flight over Thanksgiving over who got the bigger turkey leg, blah, blah. No, that's, it's deeper than that. And you know it. You know it. I think you secretly, I think you secretly liked it and you're just choosing to crap on it because you hated this pay-per-view. Nope. And not to mention it main evented over the match that you wanted the pay-per-view. Not once, but twice. It sucked. Thank I, God this pay per view is over. I can't wait to put this up on social media tomorrow. I'm gonna put up. I'm gonna put up a poll. Not because I want to prove you wrong. I just want to go ahead and see what people really think. Because I haven't gone onto our Instagram page yet in the last few days, purposely waiting for this show just so I could finally go on there and see what people's real reaction was. Because I really haven't seen the reaction online. I'm curious to know who liked this match and who didn't. I really want to know. So most of the reviews I've seen really like this match. Um, hold on. That was weird. That's okay. Um, most people that I've seen online have really liked this match. Uh, has Meltzer put out his reviews for this? He hasn't. I checked okay. earlier today. Maybe he's. I want. I'm curious to see if he finally put. Not out that I really thing. care what he yeah. and the rest of them think, but apparently everybody else does. Um, they are. They are literally. They are legitimately the equivalent of Rotten Tomatoes to me, which is probably giving them more credit than they deserve. But, um, yeah. I mean, look. People. People make an excellent point of they let they let those ratings affect them way too much. And look, we on this show have also done the same thing. Um, 
crap over Meltzer all day, every day. I still. But, but look, um, this this pay per view could have happened on Raw or SmackDown or both. I get you. That's, that's okay. I'm of the belief that pay per views are not supposed to be an extension of your television show. They are supposed to be different. They are supposed to be unique. They are supposed to they are supposed to be special. Because guess what? If they're not, then only do four pay-per-views a year. And just go back old school. Because if you're telling me that eight pay-per-views a year don't matter and only four matter, or even if you're telling me even if you're saying six of them matter, why are you doing the other six pay-per-views? It's not like you're doing buy rates. It's not like yeah. you're actually showing them as pay-per-views. You have them on the network. Who cares? You killed your own pay-per-view business to have a network. Which, by the way, that's fine by them because that's what they wanted to do. Because they knew where the pay-per-view business was going. For them. So if you're going to do that, and you're telling me to invest in time outside of the three hours of Raw, the two hours of SmackDown, the two hours of NXT, if you're telling me to, to, to care more than that, which, by the way, it's hard for me to care every week with that, too. Now you're telling me to sit down for three hours once a month in which half the pay-per-views you don't really care about. Why do I care? So I guess, I guess my entire point to sum this entire pay-per-view is this. I have to tell myself as a wrestling fan that right now, this is not the best product. And that's fine. I accept that. For the most part, week in and week out, this brand does not have the best product. Uh, well, then you should just watch NXT, Ross. No! You know who has the best product for pro wrestling right now? All Elite Wrestling, week in and week out. Do they have the best talent? That's debatable. WWE has a lot of really good talent. I will give them that. And they do have some good storytelling and some good writing and some good things that they do. And I'm also not saying AEW is perfect. They have their own shenanigans and BS that they still haven't fixed. And they've been around for a year, which thank God we're doing a show that's a year in review show, which by the way is coming up next week. We'll talk about the pitfalls, shortcomings, and the really good things that that company has done. Really looking forward to that show. Not that I don't look forward to shows. I just, this show, I need to not let stuff like this upset me as a wrestling fan because I guarantee you this is what's going to happen if I keep going down this down this road i'm going to stop watching wwe because all it's going to do is upset me and that's not what i need to do when it comes to my entertainment i already have enough problems with the entertainment that's on my television already whether it's reality-based stuff like sports or produced shows that i watch on netflix or other streaming services or whatever or whether it's live programming like wrestling and stuff like that. I understand that they're going to do whatever Vince wants. And whatever Vince wants is not what I want. And that's fine. I'm not always going to get what I want, which is another big problem I have with a lot of the fans that that covered World Wrestling Entertainment. If they don't get everything they want, they just complain, and then they get it, and then they just complain more. I'm guilty of that, too. So... If anything, this pay-per-view, to me, for the most part, sucked. And I just have to be okay with that. And that's fine. Because I guarantee, which by the way, 
say what you want. The ratings are proving week in and week out that NXT is the inferior product to AEW. Now, why do you think there's been speculation that NXT is moving away from Wednesdays? Because they know, in the short term, they're not going to beat AEW. So they might as well just go unopposed. Because NXT is not even as special as it used to be. Raw sure as hell isn't special. SmackDown sure as hell isn't special. And half your pay-per-views aren't special. Because you're telling me it's not special. So, you know what? I'm glad. This pay-per-view happened. I thought it sucked. I move on with my life. I'm not going to let stuff like this bother me. Right? Okay. I don't like the Roman Reigns character. Great. You did, or a lot of people did, and I didn't. If you want to buy into the babyface fiend heel Roman Reigns storyline, great. If you want to buy into... Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre having another feud after basically Randy Orton's entire push as a heel just got killed. Great. If you think that the greatest thing going right now is retribution. Great. I'm happy for you. If you love the fact that T-Bar Dominic Dijakovic is going after people on Twitter, even though he knows the storyline is absolutely garbage. Great. I am so happy for you. I'm just, I'm not going to sugarcoat stuff anymore. I'm just not. Because if I do, I'm going to go insane. So, you know what? I'm happy for all of you that thought this was a great pay-per-view. I'm happy for all of you that think that Jay Uso being in the main event of a pay-per-view is totally fine. Good for you. I'm happy. In the meantime, I will continue to tout the horn that AEW is a better product. And until they make me care about what they do week in and week out, month after month, year after year, WWE is something that I talk about on this podcast. All right. Well, we have just seen affiliations completely switch over for Ross. I, I, I'm officially dubbing you. Are you an AEW guy now? Oh, I, I, I think I've made it pretty clear on this show that I've been okay. an AEW guy for a while. I just wanted to make sure, which is perfectly fine. And I think you should be because I'm not going to lie to you. I think that AEW is probably putting off some overall better quality programming than WWE is as a whole right now as well. And that takes a lot for me to admit because I've been defending NXT and WWE for over a year now. I have. I kept on saying, no, no, no. NXT had the better wrestling. No, no, no. WWE still has some things that they figured out over AEW. And uh, I look like an idiot. I do. And I'm willing to admit that. And I'll go ahead and give you more of my thoughts next week when we go ahead and get into that, because I think that that needs to be discussed. They have made me look like a fool. But I just do think, I will say that I thought that Clash of Champions was better than I thought it was going to be. But I do understand why you had your thoughts on how this pay-per-view went down. And before I get off and before we sign off, I want to mention I found out the referee's name who botched the finish on the Andrade Garza Street Profits match, whom I now hate. I officially hate this man, and I'm willing to admit it. And I'm willing to have him on this podcast and call him an idiot because that's what he is. Rod Zapata. 
is his name. Him with the cool, slick back hair, pretending to be John Cone, but he's not anywhere near as cool as he is. You're a moron. You Nimrod. Idiot. Or in the words of Ross, dumb. Tell you what I'm going to do. Tell you what I'm going to do to make myself feel better as a wrestling fan. I'm going to uh, pop in another old episode of WCW Nitro. And, is it 2000? Uh, <laughs> We're going yeah, back to oh, 2000. Oh, oh, you know it. Because, <laughs> be, because you see, you see, if I want to watch bad television out of my wrestling, I at least want to laugh. I at least want to watch something and go, that was crap. But at least <laughs> I laughed. Because this show... This show is just another product of me saying, I can't wait until it gets interesting again. Because it's not interesting. In fact, I could go up. Okay. Let me put it to you this way. When one of the most intriguing things in the entire company is if Bobby Lashley's going to get an actual push. I think you've got some problems. <laughs> but it's okay, because you know what? The draft's going to be here. I'm going to get excited for absolutely no reason, because they're just going to move half the roster to Raw and half the roster to SmackDown, and nothing's going to change, because it's going to be the same crap. So, you know what? If you want to officially call me a jaded WWE fan right now, great. Because, because if I was not a stickler for not missing a single WWE pay-per-view in two years, I would be on boycott right now. But I'm not. Because I I'm have not. said that we should miss on, on some pay-per-views, though. I have. Because and I'm, I'm not the jaded one. Because I'm better than that. <laughs> this this will not beat me. For this show... <laughs> Ross this, is not a quitter. This show will not beat me. Okay? I am not doing the job for this show. <laughs> the show is doing the job for me. <laughs> All right? If that means I have to exert creative control, <laughs> I will. And yes... <laughs> If that means that I have to rehire the Harris brothers and call them creative control to get that done, I will do it, damn it. Before we sign off, ladies and gentlemen, I just, I'm going to be completely upfront with you. Ross is currently watching the Monday Night Tro edition of June 26th of 2000, currently on the WWE Network. <laughs> Even though he just finished all of WCW, Four months ago, he is rewatching his favorite year all over again. So, unbelievable. by the way, just to let you know, for those of you that are enthusiasts of old WCW, the present storyline is that Ernest the Cat Miller is the commissioner of WCW as a heel for the new blood, and his new assistant is his limo driver, known as M.I. Smooth, who used to be the old Ice Train character from the old late 90s or mid to late 90s in uh, WCW. So now a limo driver is helping book WCW Nitro. 
That is the oh, and also uh, let's see, this was June, so this was right after they turned Bill Goldberg heel, which lasted about six weeks, and then they were like, "What a terrible decision!" Because Bill Goldberg hated it. So there you go. There's a lot of things that Bill Goldberg hates, and sometimes I just need him to go ahead and. Bill Goldberg turning Stop. heel and joining Eric Bischoff and Vince Russo more believable than the main event of this pay-per-view. You knock it off. <laughs> Anything else you want to... <laughs> I... <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't say that with a straight face. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to tell you, folks. Um, let me know... Let me know when WWE gets fun again, because it's not, and that's okay, because you know what? You will get my jaded opinion on every show <laughs> until there's actually good stuff on it, Ross, which I mean, look, there was, there was. Hey, you know what? Survivor Series is around the corner. Are we going to get Survivor Series matches? Nope. We're just going to get brand versus brand versus brand. Ah. So tell you what, tell you what, maybe, maybe I'll get excited when the Royal Rumble comes around, which by the way, we're in October. So let's see, we've got one, two, we've got three more pay-per-views to get through. Yeah. Cause we've held in a cell survivor series. I meant to say and- four months, four months, not, but you're right. Three pay-per-views. Yes. Sorry. I didn't know where you were going. So January is in three months. Yeah, but it's the end of January. So I get Okay. I, yeah, that's why. It's no, no, that's February. fine. Yeah. That's fine. I thought you legitimately thought there were four months left in this calendar year. Nope. Which, by the it's way, the last, uh, the last uh, seven months of my existence on this planet called Earth <laughs> has felt like I've been going on ludicrous speed, also going the speed of molasses dripping down from a tree. That being said, this has been your Clash of Champions 2020 review show for the Double Turn Podcast. Next week's show, year in review for the superior product known as AEW Wrestling. Also, pretty sure we're going to have some news on the Impact Wrestling front. I tease that because I think we're going to have some news. But But I can't guarantee that. It may just be an empty... It may be an empty promise on my end. Uh, Also, boy, howdy, do we have some things to talk about. Because AEW has done some really good things. Like, some really good things. Yeah. And then there are other things that I'm just like, what on God's green earth are they doing? But that's okay. What's a dog collar match? That's, that's, answer me that next, next Thursday. A dog collar match, likely more legitimate than a Hell in a Cell match that ends with no contest. Yeah. Uh, also, but is it also, more legitimate than John Moxley beating Brian Cage and Brody Lee in two consecutive months? Uh, John Moxley beating those two guys, totally legitimate. Just completely bury them, why don't you? I, I also would like to point out that... Uh, Chris Jericho jobbing to Orange Cassidy, suboptimal. That's oh, so that's suboptimal to you. Suboptimal. That's you. You. Oh, we're gonna have a great discussion next week. By the way, 
Chris Jericho uh, should have been number one on the PWI top uh, 100 or 500 or whatever it is. He's should have been number one. At, he's Ross. He's fine at two. He's fine. What was he at? What was he ranked? Three? Yep. Should have been one. He should have been two. He should have been two. I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you two. Uh, he could have been one. I, I would have been fine with him one, but he would have been perfectly fine at two. I don't think he should be three because I don't think Mox should be number one. Tell you what. Tell you what. Tell you what. This is my last. This is my last slam of the night. That's right. Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee main eventing an NXT pay per view more legitimate than Jey Uso fighting for a world title. That's going to do it for the Doctor Wrestling Podcast. For the J Man, anything you've ever said positive about the Usos, I you just don't ever talk about them again because you clearly turned your back. As a tag team. No, it's your, you've disrespected the Usos. You've disrespected the NOI. Oh, turn your back on the wolf pack. You might wind up in a body bag. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, somebody, should you put you in, just somebody should put you in the penitentiary. Go ahead. What? Uh, tell you what. Uh, I would buy randomly the NWO wolf pack coming back for absolutely no reason than the Usos joining Roman Reigns and turning heel. That would make more sense. You disrespect the logic is ridiculous. Screw Your Rob Zapata. That's terrible. No, it's not. My booking logic is terrific. Rod Zapata is an idiot. Now end the show. I just need he's an idiot. He, he doesn't know how to referee. He should never do it again. He should get fired immediately. Wow. Get picked up by AEW. That's uh, bold. Hey, look, maybe maybe for AEW they'll give him a storyline because they give everybody or maybe they'll make him a wrestler and then he'll get a manager. Oh really? Yeah. Guess what? I could care less. He needs. He's just an idiot. It's a joke. It's a joke. Is, I didn't think you'd go that far. <laughs> that is. That is going to do it for for this week's edition of the Double Turn Wrestling Podcast. For the J Man, I'm Boss Ross, and we will catch you on the flip Ooh, side. Good night, everybody. <laughs>